targeting Phoenix, but not Mesa. So you might have 10 times more people bidding in that one predefined space. You go across the street and there's nobody bidding. You just bid what you need, and then it's going to find the lowest cost opportunities for you, which is an amazing thing. Guys, welcome back to another video in this series. This has been incredible. Rob and, and Brandon, I mean, this is awesome. Covered so many things. I've learned a ton. It's been so great to get your insight. And Rob, all that you've brought to this as well. Guys, if you haven't yet, be sure to watch the videos in this series. We made a playlist here and we really tried to work through from like start to finish all the different things that go into PPC and how you can really dominate that marketing channel in your wholesale real estate business. On this video, Brandon's going to hyper-focus on how to actually choose your virtual market, whatever mar- I guess whatever market it is, how you choose that market, and not just how you choose the market based on the data you gather. It reminds me a little bit, Rob, you and I talked about you know, picking your market based on your buyer count. Right? It's a reverse engineering model to, the, to make sure that you're working in a market where you're going to have higher chance of success. Oh, absolutely. If you think of the, the house as the product... Yeah. And wholesaling, you, you want uh, ideally a product that people want, yeah. right? And where it is, is a, is a massive piece of that. I think the first thing you want to figure out when you're choosing specific markets, like let's just say, because in our last video we talked about, do you want to, uh, you know, do you want to just do your backyard or do you want to go virtual? Assuming <laughs> you want to go the virtual route, um, there's a lot of reasons that you might choose one thing versus another. Like on one side of the scale over here, we have like maybe we're in just a couple markets, right? And then all the way over here, we could be like, statewide and 50 states. Yeah. Right. And there's this huge range and there's people here that are really successful and there's people here who are really successful. They're they're a little bit different business models. I can tell you one thing that's going to happen as you move from here to over here, more markets or wider around those markets, you're definitely going to get cheaper in your cost per lead, but you also gain operational complexities. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So maybe you're, yeah. yeah, maybe you now you're in this, uh, like as an example, if I was going to choose four markets, I might be more inclined to choose four markets in Texas than I would be to choose four markets in four states. Because as you cross state boundaries, now the laws are different. It's going to be different comping properties. Like a lot of people going into Texas, for example, have issues with it being a non-disclosure state and then their comping process fails. And like, there's all these little like intricacies that you learn over time. And if you, if you have less markets to figure that out in, then you're going to learn faster. Um, but also you have a higher cost per lead. So those are the things that you want to balance out. Any thoughts on that, Robert? Yeah, hundred percent. I always say, don't do too many too quick, right? Like I, I, I call it the way I train this to people is auditioning markets, and I usually recommend that you know when w- once you have your core market stabilized, typically I would audition like three to six new ones at a time. When we're auditioning. We're doing the you know four to six months of spend, collect data, see how they're performing, and then we'll kill off the bottom ones at the end mm-hmm. of that and then double down on the new ones and then s- always be cycling new ones, testing new ones. So auditioning markets, you can't audition 50 markets mm-hmm. all at once. It's too much complexity, too much going on. You, you don't actually learn anything. Yeah. Right. So you don't learn a lot about individual markets. Exactly. Yeah. It's got to be small enough that your team can actually understand the ins and outs of those markets, the nuances on the acquisition side of where are the good areas and the bad areas, yeah. how to value stuff correctly. And then also so that on Dispo, Dispo can start building up their like kind of go-to list of the best guys to mm-hmm. move the deals to and understand how people are operating in that market. So uh, yeah, three to six at a time. If you really want to push it, 
Like if, when you're first getting started, sometimes we'll throw 12 in. We'll start with like a dozen. Um, but we're not trying to go deep on all dozen. We're just trying to see like, mm-hmm. like which ones are, can we kill real quick? And then we'll probably chop that down to like six really quickly. Yeah. And you have a strategy that's like kind of dead in the middle, right? Yeah. It's not like 50, 50 states at once yeah. and it's not like one or two markets. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people can benefit from being in the middle a lot. Um, just for everybody's. And I was going to say, good. and what, what would you consider a market? A county or an hour radius or did but, you say foreign Texas? Would that be, I mean, can they be back to back markets? Maybe they touch each other or how, how's that look? Yeah, I think, uh, and you tell me if I'm defining this different than you would, I would define a market generally as like a DMA, like yeah. a, like a whole, like, like Houston is a market. Yeah. Dallas, Fort Worth San Antonio is a market. Is its own market. You know, they Austin, might, they all market. have their own counties, yeah. right? Um, a metro, a major yeah, metro. Major metro. Yes. So, so a lot of people use that. There's a, you know, the common thing called a DMA, like a, like a yeah. designated marketing area. Um, but you have to be really careful actually with how you choose the markets and how exactly you define them makes a really big difference. Mm. Um, so for example, let's just take Atlanta or, or I'll give you, I'll give you something even a little different. Let's, let's call it uh, like LA, right? LA versus LA and Inland Empire. <laughs> Two different markets, mm-hmm. very, very yeah. different. Um, but you could say they're all kind of part of the one. Um, also, how wide you go around that makes a big difference. So if you're just to do the DMA or even counties, for example, there's San Bernardino County, there's Riverside County. These are counties that start right next to LA and then Empire, and then they go all the way over to the Nevada border. So they've got this massive area of high desert, and then they've got this like really populous area with great spreads. In the high desert, there's a bunch of properties that you don't want, or you'll have a really hard time moving. Another example of that I'm just thinking is like, I'm, I come from Metro Detroit and Metro Detroit. I mean, if you look at Macomb and Oakland County, very similar, but then Wayne County, which is right next to them, that's Detroit. And that's a whole nother animal. It's its own beast. Just that one market. Yeah. So different markets have different dynamics. Like there's some like uh, Detroit uh, or or Cleveland or Baltimore Mm -hmm. where the closer you get to the middle of it, the more rundown things get and the lower value the homes are. And then as you get into the outskirts, that's where you find a lot of value. Nice homes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and then there's others like, like more often than not, it's more expensive in the core and then it gets less expensive as you go out. So some of them are kind of like backwards markets. Detroit's a classic example of like, you know, you're going to, you're going to be super excited to lock up a house for three grand and then be disappointed (laughs) to find nobody willing to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, The alternative is free. (laughs) The city will pay you money to take it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's a hard, it's a hard situation. Um, But with that point, just remember the bidding that we do, right? So yeah. let's just say you're bidding at a certain point. Okay, if I have the core of Inland Empire with Riverside and San Bernardino, and I have all these high desert areas in the same campaign, and I'm just bidding the certain price, where am I likely to win those auctions? All in the desert. All in the desert. Yeah, there you don't. Not in those core areas. Riverside County. So a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I get, I get a little bit of like, you know, area that's not my core in it. No big deal. Because only like 2% of the people are there. I'm not going to get that many properties from there. But then you'll find that you get most of your leads from those areas because the way that PPC works, and this is something brilliant about Google. You like, you just bid what you need and then it's going to find the lowest cost opportunities for you, which is an amazing thing. Except if, if some of the areas things, wrong, if yeah. some <laughs> of the things that you're targeting aren't the things you want, 
then you'll get a ton there. Like in Detroit, if you target the whole thing and you don't want that inner city area, you're going to find that you get way more leads than you want from the inner city area. So can you geo-target it right down to zip code and city and to like exclude? Yeah, you can, uh, you can file a complaint with Google and Facebook if you'd like. Unfortunately, zip codes are not an option. Yeah, we uh, used to have them, and then yeah. they took them away from us. Yeah, that equal opportunity housing regulations. because oh, um, it's discrimination. Supposedly. Yeah. Is it actually discrimination? I think there's some yeah. varying yeah. opinions I mean, Zip about code's that. hard to discriminate, right? I mean, it's like, I showed my ad on Google to you in this zip code, but I don't want the opportunity to buy your house in a different zip code. It's just, yeah. I, I don't see that as being like the discrimination that's going to bring the United States down. But um, either way, you can't do it. Okay. Um, you can do on Google like one mile radiuses. So you can yeah. get pretty narrow so if you want to. that's what a lot of guys do. They'll take the crime map uh, or, you know, like whatever. And they'll, they'll drop a bunch of these one mile radiuses. <laughs> yeah. To cover the whole crime area. To stay away from the high Right, to exclude yeah. it. And that's, yeah. yeah, and that's only really needed or, in specific markets that yeah. are like troublesome. So don't just fixate just on, the way our top guys do it is they don't just fixate just on which cities, but like, what are the pockets mm-hmm. in this city that we want to do? Would yeah. you agree with that? I would, uh, I would say it's uncommon that our clients are getting are excluding a lot of pockets from the city maybe like some area if it's like especially high crime or something like that um but usually it's not like we're just kind of choosing like we're choosing most of the city but it it depends on how you define city too like i'll give you an example yeah yeah yeah, exactly exactly because suburbs work one one of the things i hear from a lot of guys is hey we're really doing well in the suburbs Yes. So if I'll use Salt Lake as an example, because I, yeah. I live close to Salt Lake, right? So if you were to target Salt Lake City, because a lot of people are like, oh, I, I chose Salt Lake City as my market. I'm just going to type in Salt Lake City, add to Google Ads. Okay, good. You'd be targeting this little thing right yeah. here, and you have this entire Wasatch Front. You wouldn't even be targeting South Salt Lake City, because it's technically a different Second city, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like targeting Phoenix, but not Mesa. And most yeah. people right? will just type in the default. Like most amateurs yeah. will just type in the default. So they're literally like anyone inside that one predefined. So you might have 10 times more people bidding in that one predefined space. You go across the street and there's nobody bidding. Exactly. Because you can define in the PPC campaigns. You can, right? So different ways that people do it, like cities are just too restrictive, right? So if you're just going to do cities and you're going to have all these patches, you're going to miss everything in between. It's not good. You do counties, then you end up with like counties like Maricopa County where in in Arizona, where it's like all this stuff. And then you have 3 million people or something. But then you have like the Phoenix Metro and that's all good, but then you can go really rural or like Riverside, San Bernardino County in California. Right. So counties aren't super representative. Um, And cities, the other thing people do is like try to do with population. But I live like in a, in a city called Lehigh that has like a really low population, but it's right next to Salt Lake. So all the buyers from Salt Lake buy in Lehigh. Yeah. Right. So it's proximity to a larger metro makes it way different than if Lehigh were just this thing in the middle of nowhere with nothing yeah. else close to it. Because where you draw the city boundaries, you know, I could just draw a really small city boundary and now we made the population low. It's arbitrary. Yeah. So my my favorite way to do this, we do it with satellite oh. imagery. So mm, you can do um, you can get uh, there, there's a, a I use a particular website. You can use anyone. I think the one I use is called blue-marble.de or something like that. And they, they Blue have, hyphen marble? Yeah. It, it's like some someone we'll in Denmark made it. Yeah, we could drop it in the, the link. But it's it, the nighttime satellite one, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so, so what it is, is it's like Google Maps. And there's plenty of them. I mean, you just Google something like this, you'll find it. Um, but it's basically Google Maps. But instead of seeing like the satellite imagery during the day, like you ordinarily would, you can see it at night. For the lights? Yeah. So at night, then you can see lights where there's houses. 
and there are no lights where there's no houses. So you start to look at metro areas and it becomes really clear where the core of the metro area so is. You can literally draw a line around where you want to be. Yes, and then you can target it with radiuses. So we like have the maps here and then we have our Google Ads account here and we're kind of like, yeah, we're outlining what areas you want. That's how you avoid rural areas. Because if you do counties, then they have some good areas, some bad areas. Yeah. Cities aren't all inclusive. What you want to say is basically, I want to look at the center of this metro area and I want to make sure wherever I'm targeting that if I were to drive from the center of that area to this area, I'm only going to be passing houses on either side of the road until I get there. If I have to like then go through 10 miles of farmland and then get to this area, mm-hmm. now we're in a situation where this is harder to disposition yeah. than it would have been so, otherwise. Interesting. So you're looking for connection to the main yeah. metro. That's how you know it's like yeah. part of it. So smart. There's also resources that you have with InvestorLift to, to kind of share like what typical assignment fees are per market. We have, because yeah. we track all this stuff for our clients, we have our own database of, you know, what spreads they typically have. Um, and, and actually that's one of the, we mentioned the toolkit that we'll put in the, Amazing. in the show notes here. One of the resources in there, we've actually gone through all of the, uh, all of the markets, um, in the United States with this satellite imagery. Um, we've, we basically figured out all the GPS coordinates to get all of them outlined properly, mm. um, and put it all into a spreadsheet and also correlated it with typical spreads in those markets in such a way that you can kind of select it in a spreadsheet and then upload it right into Google ads. So if anybody's wow, doing cool. that, that's huge. That's part yeah. of the toolkit. Guys, wow. you hear that? That's a free, t- that's in the free toolkit in the description. That's mm-hmm. really awesome. What an amazing resource. Thank you, Brandon. Um, you know, this was really helpful because I mean, oftentimes we just think, oh, you know what? It's a market. There's people that want to sell houses. Let's just go start doing stuff. And, but again, you're strategically making decisions that are going to give you the highest results on your effort. And that's at the end of the day, like we're spending money, we're building a team, we're doing a business. Why would we not be very selective about how to get the greatest return on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you, a lot of people are focused on how do you push the button a lot of times? I think with PPC, it's the question usually isn't how many times do you push the button? It's more, which button do you push? Like and you want that. to be really intentional about yes. that. Um, because when you make adjustments in PPC that aren't absolutely necessary, what happens is you screw up the algorithm. It has to like reset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what I tell my teams, everything we do, we act with purpose. Yeah. What that means is every button you press has to be a really specific reason <laughs> you're doing that because there's a real cost of doing that. If it's not actually what's going to help us. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, guys. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you, Brandon. Guys, we're going to, again, leave some links in the description. One of those is that free toolkit we were just talking about. Also, some information about Brandon and his company. Um, I forgot to mention this, but Rob, we'll put uh, InvestorLift as well if you guys are looking at a really good tool for your dispo. And um, yeah, whatever other information we've got, we'll put in that description. And we'll see you guys on the next video.